Media has changed in the past 20 years. Social media dominates where printed newspapers have failed. However, our guest Megan Bennett's going to talk to us about how more traditional old school media and public relations can still be massively powerful for selling your product or for digital marketing, basically for building your business. Stay tuned. This episode's a good one. Hi, I'm Tim Jordan. And in every corner of the world, entrepreneurship is growing. So join me as I explore the stories of successes and failures. Listen in as I chat with the risk takers, the adventurous, and the entrepreneurial veterans. We all have a dream of living a life fulfilling our passions, and we want a business that doesn't make us punch a time clock, but instead runs around the clock in the AM and the PM. So get motivated, get inspired. You're listening to the AM PM podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the AM PM podcast. Today, we have a guest that's going to be talking about things that maybe aren't always typically considered e-commerce topics, right? When we look at the world of media and we look at the world of, you know, the Wall Street Journal, you know, 50 years ago is not the same thing as the Wall Street Journal now because the age of technology and computers and internet have changed the world. Like media has gone from the Wall Street Journal to Instagram. But there are still a lot of more traditional media coverage out there and traditional media, honestly, hacks and tactics that we can use to help sell more products and have a bigger brand presence online and offline. So our guest today has been a publicist for, you said, over 18 years, right? Yes. Basically, you've bridged the gap between the story that needs to be told with the people that can tell the story. And right. was that a good way of saying that? Did I get that right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So what you have today for us is some information, some really good advice, some methods on how we can create a story or something newsworthy with our products and our brands and how to get those into places that maybe we don't traditionally think are powerful, right? So we're going to walk you guys through the whole process of, you know, as an Amazon seller, how this applies to you and all that good stuff. But first... Welcome, Megan Bennett, and I want to hear your story. How did you become a publicist? Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm so happy to be here. Um, I became a publicist because I'm crazy. <laughs> I'm a stalker. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I do say, though, be to become a publicist, you have to be a certified stalker because you get rejected so many times, and you have to just keep going and going and going after the same thing and going after what you want. Um, I actually started out wanting to do publicity in the entertainment industry, did a couple internships after college, hated it, but liked the PR side. And then when I was 22, started to work part-time from this amazing lady who ended up being my mentor, Betty Light. She hired me. Um, she worked for a few big brand, uh, brands like Rembrandt Oral Care Products. And when she hired me, she said, you should be paying me for how much you're going to learn working for me. Um, and I just, I love consumer products. So that's where I started out. And basically what public relations is, is us reaching out to the media and pitching your brand or your product in a way that they want to test it editorially and then do a review authentically so that it's not a paid for ad. And so my job is to convince the media and the talk show hosts and the editors and the producers to try whatever products that I'm promoting, get them to love it as much as I do, and then get them to feature it in, in a, so a story, a segment, a post. Um, and I've been doing that for 18 years just because 
I love it so much. Like my job is my hobby and I love the brands that I work with and feel really passionate. And so I think that's what really drives it is you've got to have something unique and different that people want to learn about. But is it relevant? And I'm not saying it is or not, but, you know, playing devil's advocate, everybody right now, you know, focuses on, you know, social media and the things that yeah. worked 18 years ago, do they still work today? Or maybe a better question is how has the world of, press and and you know public relations evolved to still remain relevant in a world where everybody's looking at Instagram and TikTok. Yeah, it's it's totally evolved. When I started, I used to smile and dial. I'd grab like I print out a list of stuff from this huge binder of media contacts and I get on the phone and pitch something and sorry, not interested. I'd just get rejected, rejected, rejected. Then I'd have to take notes. I had like 15 binders of notes that I would take. Um, and then everything went digital and email, and then it started to be pitching via email. And I had to start calling and start clicking on the emails. And that's what it is now. It's me reaching out via email. Things have evolved. Um, you know, more things are integrated. It used to be to be in a TV segment, which you still can get into TV segments like on the Today Show. That's not paid for. It's you pitching the brand. But a lot of segments now are integrated where you pay a lifestyle expert that's going to go on and talk about your brand. Um, so that's something that's different. But what is still the same is getting those top media outlets to cover you. Like, I'll give you an example. Um, and and, and it's, it's now more digital than print. You know, everybody wanted to be in People magazine. Well, now being on People.com is just as good as being in the print edition because people are looking at their phones. They're looking at their tablets. Digital's where it's at. Um, we worked with one company had these amazing Wagyu, it's really upscale Japanese beef. They created these hot dogs that were Japanese beef Wagyu hot dogs. And we pitched it to Food and Wine as being freaking amazing. And it was for foodandwine.com, sent this huge package of hot dogs. They didn't get them. They got lost in the mailing room, got, we had to send another box. The client was like, are you sure we should do this? It's really expensive. And I'm like, hell yeah, it's food and wine. About two weeks later, my client, it's called Casey Cattle Company, amazing Wagyu beef veteran founded company, like startup, small. Well, they call me and they said, I don't know what's going on, but we're getting all these sales. And we look online and it's food and wine. They were voted the number one best beef hot dog by food and wine online. Within two weeks, they made $250,000 in sales. And that was from one PR placement that cost them. All it cost them was to send the product. And, you know, have us as publicists, but we do this every month and we're sending it to multiple outlets. Um, so it's stuff like that that can really make the meter move. And it's that click through, which we didn't have 20 years ago, where you'll read an article and you literally just click and get right to the store. People before were just heading to retail. Now everything's online. And that's why Amazon is also so important these days. Yeah, the call to action, you know, the ability to take action immediately, not read something in the back of the air mall magazine on flight, wait till you get home, oh, make yeah. the phone call, order this stuff, send a check or money order, you know, things happen fast. But it's interesting to me that the big players back in the day, you know, 20 years ago, food and wine, you know, the people that had the print magazine still carry so much clout and credibility and they've just moved to online. But those aren't people that are out there looking at your Instagram account for your business to find those products. So it is like a no. different threshold to get into them, right? So what you're telling me, if, if I understand this correctly, is that although media is more accessible for all of us, you know, to, to view and post on media, 
the threshold of getting into the big media outlet still requires the lists, the business development relationships, the capabilities to actually make that happen, right? So it's still a yes. little unattainable for most people on their cell phone. Yeah, it is. It's unobtainable because you don't have the right contacts. Now, if you have the drive and the passion to do it, you can do it. Anybody can do it. But it takes a certain personality to deal with so much rejection because you get it every day. Yeah. Well, and I suspect that there's other reasons to be rejected. So it's not just about tenacity, but also product. And I want to get that in a second. But let me first talk about why this is important. And let me preface it by saying most of our audience, you know, they're, they're platform sellers, Amazon, Shopify, things like that, where we've been driving our own traffic. But we know that as great as Amazon is, you know, having 200 plus million people, you know, using Prime, for example, we can get lost, right? Unfortunately, yeah. a Wagyu beef hot dog is not an Amazon product, right? right? And, you know, once we've kind of spent all the energy that we can getting page placement for certain keywords on Amazon, now we need that off offsite traffic. We need the external traffic. We need those other eyeballs. So we as e-commerce sellers are always looking for a new way to market our product, right? And whether that's driving them to our website, driving them to an Amazon listing, whatever it is. So the reason I think this is powerful is because we do have to come up with these ways to drive traffic. So what I'd like for you to do, Megan, is talk to me about, and you can use examples or whatever, additional examples, talk about the power of driving awareness to a brand, regardless of whether it's an Amazon brand, a Shopify brand, multi-platform brand, whatever. Let's talk about the power of getting eyeballs through one of these credible sources onto your product. It's, I think, the most important thing. Listen, if you're starting a brand and you have a low budget, PR is a way to go to start building that brand awareness. Sometimes it doesn't drive sales. And we tell all of our clients, we're like, if you're looking to hire us to drive sales, then don't, because we cannot guarantee that even if you get on the Today Show, you might not get any sales. It's going to depend on who's watching the show, who wants to buy your product at the time. But regardless of if you don't get any sales, being on the Today Show and having that credibility to put on your website, to give to future retailers that you want to carry your brand, that's what's going to create the sell-through right there. And I think it's like very, very important to build that brand awareness because then consumers are going to know, oh, I read about that somewhere. I saw that in Parents Magazine or I saw that on the Today Show. And then they're going to say, like, this is a legit product and it's going to make them want to try it over another brand that might be similar but doesn't have any credibility. So, I mean, I think that's the main thing is you want that brand awareness to either help you get more retail distribution. And many of the brands that we work with are at retail, you know, they're at Whole Foods, they're at Sprouts, whatever, they're at Amazon. And they want the the print. Some of those are still old school. They still want to see that you were in shape, the actual shape magazine or that you were in GQ rather than online. And it might not drive sales, but they use that to help them get the distribution and also to have the retailers, whether it's online or in store, continue to keep their brands where they are. We also use it like some of the brands want to highlight Amazon. So if we get a segment on a national TV show, we make sure that the show mentions Amazon. Um, we, we try to do Amazon and the website so that they do both. Most of the clients, if they have to choose between their website and Amazon, they're going to choose their website because they want to be able to track who comes and who buys and sales and, and all that stuff that way too. But it really just depends on the client. 
It's it's important though that you have your own website besides Amazon because you need an, a place for people to go to educate themselves on the brand and also to make your brand your brand look legitimate. Yeah, I, I think that one thing I've learned is not not just that you have to have the best listing and the best offer, but to really go to yeah. the next level, you have to have credibility, right? So yeah. I've used press releases for a lot of different things. And even if it's like the back end of Yahoo Finance and their marketing department, like just having that a name, you know, that name That's Yahoo it. and that, you know, it really, really helps. And making that transition from being a Shopify seller and Amazon seller to a brand owner, you know, you have to have some of that stuff. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm bought in Megan, like I'm convinced. I know this is powerful. Here's the problem. Not every product is going to work. And you've already said it, right? You said, hey, you know, using a PR firm like yours doesn't guarantee placement. It just guarantees exposure. So you're showing this to these different, you know, syndicated blogs and magazines and news agencies and all this stuff. But they actually have to like what they see, right? Otherwise, you're just right. like putting lipstick on a pig, right? It's, it's still a pig. It's still a crappy product. So when you're working with a brand, what are some of, or, or let, let me take that back. You have worked with a lot of brands. What are some of the biggest mistakes you have seen some of these brands make when they try to use public relations methods to get their brand exposed? Um, I think that one mistake is, first of all, trying to be all things to all people. Like we've worked with a lot of skincare brands and most of them are amazing. But the ones that didn't end up panning out is a... You can't be all things to all people if, if you're in a saturated market. You have to have a USP, a unique selling proposition. So I think that that's something that's really important. Um, a number two, micromanaging PR firms. Don't waste your time. If you need us to help you promote your brand, go do something else that you need to focus on. Because micromanaging, we know what we're doing. Everything that we send out, we're doing for a purpose. So that's one thing that has been a problem in the past is just being micromanaged to the point that like, I don't think it's worth their time, you know? Um, there's been other mistakes, like we've given clients advice before and we do, We sometimes we receive negative feedback from the media. And we'll get it from multi, like multiple people will tell us the same thing. And we'll, we're totally honest and transparent. We let the client know. And then they're defensive about it and they don't make the changes that are asked. And that is something that we have seen happen, not to very many of our clients, but it has happened in the past. And you have to listen to the feedback of customers, media, because those are the ones that are going to be like influencing your brand. Um, so that's something that I think, I think you need to take constructive criticism and really, you know, use that to help fix your brand. Uh, just because you think something's great doesn't mean that everybody else does, you know? So those are kind of some of the mistakes um, that we've seen. Other like challenges that we've had, I guess, would be, you know, some of the clients that we work with maybe expect that they're going to get tons of press within one month of starting a campaign. And usually with most products, like I'll give you an example, like vitamins and supplements, it takes at least three months because the media is not going to write about something that they haven't tested for at least a month. So they have to go through the testing process and they're getting hundreds of samples. So it's a massage process and things take sometimes three to six months and sometimes brands aren't patient enough to wait for it to come into fruition. Um, I guess another challenge is sort of like what I said at the beginning that some brands, they, even though we explained to them that it's not 
necessarily going to drive sales. They still want it to. And then they get frustrated as why isn't this placement? Why am I not making money from this? Why is there no traffic going to my site? You know, and that's something that it is challenging. And unfortunately, we can't answer the whys. We don't know how to explain why something's not getting reviewed and other things are. But I will say that like the more constructive criticism that you get, the better your brand is going to become the more you fix it. Yeah, I'm, I'm immediately thinking about like the Today Show or the Good Morning America segments yeah. where they have like those like good or bad. I don't know, they have a more clever term than that, but like good or bad review. And like I'm having this horror story of like I spend all this time and energy to get my stuff in front of press and then they review it and it's a fail. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. That would be awful. So uh, oh, yeah. I agree with you. I think that a lot of times we get so emotionally convinced that our product's amazing that we forget like we built this product to make money. And if we think mm -hmm. it's amazing and everybody else think it sucks, it doesn't matter. We're not going to make any money. So it you know, doesn't. even if I'm convinced that this is the shape this has to be in, if everybody's telling me, no, you know, it needs to be this other shape. Like, listen, don't be emotionally attached to this product. Be emotionally attached to the concept of making money over it and, and take the feedback. Yes. And one thing I did forget to mention, or I just, it didn't even, uh, now it's occurred to me is, is one other thing is, is when it comes to emotions, one other thing that is really important as a brand owner, and we have had this challenge with a few is, is that you need to make sure that even if your brand doesn't have a story is how it's created, you got to create a story or nobody's going to care about the brand. You have to have a reason as to why you created this skincare brand. What are so great about the ingredients? Not just that it has something in it. Why? You know, you can't be afraid to share your struggles because that is what is going to get people to empathize with you and be more interested in buying your brand over something that might be cheaper and prettier packaging, you know? And a lot so. of people, they undervalue their story. Like they think, well, you know, this isn't handmade by a bunch of Tibetan monks. You know, there's nothing to tell here. They think, you know, this thing isn't curing cancer. But a lot of times a story isn't even about the product. It's about the business. You know, it's yeah. a, it could be as simple as, hey, I'm a single mom that was tired of working, at, you know, as a waitress at a restaurant. So I started doing this, right? We can all come up with a story. And if you can't come up with a story, you can create a story. Look at what Tom yes. Shoes did. Tom Shoes is just a crappy canvas pair of shoes. But they create a story, buy a pair, give a pair, and they're giving away a pair of, you know, $1 shoes for every $60 pair that they sell. I know people that work with nonprofits, people that work with groups like the Wounded Warrior Project and all that stuff. So you can create a story. Now, the worst thing you can do, in my opinion, like this, they ought to, you know, like throw you under the jail is don't create a story, not follow through. You know, there's people that say, hey, I'm working to do this and raise money. Don't be one of those people that... <laughs> That claims, you know, percentage of don't proceeds are going to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do it till you're ready. All right. So as as a side note, what is one of the weirdest or most entertaining products that you have tried to put to media and gotten some crazy feedback from? Um, it's one of my favorite brands and we still work with them. Uh, it's called Ball Wash. <laughs> That's amazing. Please continue. Hope this is show appropriate. Uh, go for it. Yep. I want you to meet these people. It's freaking awesome. But it's a brand that is for your precious jewels down below. It is a wash for your balls. And um, I saw the brand. I think it, we've been with them for like two years. I was just flipping through some Instagram ads. And I'm like, this is the most amazing concept. It's like calling a spade a spade. It is what it is. 
And like they revolutionized the category. And I reached out and I'm like, I really want to promote your brand. I think we can get tons of media to cover this. And so they hired us and we've been with them ever since. And we're pitching uh, below the belt grooming care every month. Sometimes we get people like responding saying, I cannot believe that you would send this to me. Like, please remove me. Don't ever contact me again. And then half the time it's like, oh my God, I need this for my boyfriend. Please send this right away. We'll do a review. You know, it's just crazy. Like it's, so I would say that one is totally off the walls, balls to the wall, crazy, but it's a cool company. They do amazing marketing and they have like like they're doing something for Movember right now where, you know, a prop, like they have a ball wash that goes to sales. Like it's, it's a really like smart, smart company. And so, yeah, I would take something as crazy as that on. And guess what? Men all over the country and women are buying it because it's a product that people need. So yeah, that's a really crazy, fun example. And I love to tell people that we represent them because sometimes the shock is like, <gasps> and then it's like, <laughs> Where can I buy that? <laughs> yep. There's there's a brand that I follow their marketing for a while called Manscaped. I'm sure you're familiar yeah. with them. And they do the yeah. same thing. It's just trendy, catchy. Like they've got a, a hair clipper they call the lawnmower. You know, it's yep. just amazing, amazing marketing. Another one that's similarly, uh, some of their product isn't as taboo, but some of their marketing is a little <laughs> inappropriate. It's called Bird Dog Shorts. Have you seen these guys? Oh, yes. I've totally seen. I almost bought some for my husband. I absolutely like, love cool. their marketing. And they even did some funny stuff. Like they took some bad press and turned it into great press. Like they pitched yeah. on Shark Tank and Mark Cuban just ate them for lunch, just tore them a new one. And now half of their advertising is quotes from Mark Cuban talking about their products. Right? It's That's hilarious. Awesome. So long story short, folks, if you even think you have like the weirdest, most off the wall product that is very, very niche that, you know, like the big press agencies or the big, you know, influential groups aren't interested in, hey, they are interested in shampoo for your balls. Like, <laughs> like there's always a story to be told, right? 100%. 100%. Right now, the editors are listening to this going, did Tim just say shampoo for your balls? I did say shampoo for your balls. All right. Actually, Megan said it first. <laughs> you can blame her. All right. So moving on. <laughs> I want you to give some advice, all right? Those that are listening okay. here have been completely derailed and they're still rolling their eyes at the last comment. But moving forward, we've talked about the power of press. We've talked about some mistakes that have been made. I'd like to hear a, a few pieces of guidance that you would give to people if they are selling a brand and they're thinking about making their move into you know, some sort of press distribution system. What are some of the steps that they need to take now to get ready? And when do they know they're ready to do this? Okay, so you're no, you're ready to start, or we're ready to promote, or if you're ready to self-promote, you got to make sure that first of all, you have got samples available. Like you cannot promote or start doing stuff unless you want to tease a brand. But with the media, we can't send anything until you have physical samples that you can get into your hands. If you're a jewelry jewelry line, like you can send a sample and then have a return envelope if it's too expensive to send back. But you have got to have something to get into their hands. Um, number two, you have to have really good assets, high res photos, beautiful white background images, because the digital, the print, they all wanna see beautiful photos that sometimes they don't have time to take their own. And so they just pop them right into the story. Um, you've gotta have, if you're going to hire a PR firm, you've gotta have a budget at least for three months, I would say, because that's how long it takes to really start to see the press coverage and the placements come in. 
Um, you need to have a method of getting the samples to the media. Um, most of the brands we work with, they have a distribution house. And like most importantly, you've got to have a stellar website that has information about the brand, um, Q&A. You need to have, if you have like an expert that you could put there, a story behind the brand and about us. Um, and that is what is really going to drive people to look and get more product information about your brand. And then you have to have a story. And then we're ready to go. We are ready to promote you to the media. So let's talk about persistence and tenacity. You said that, yeah. you know, like part of your job is being able to accept rejection. And I'd like to talk yes. about that a little bit with, with press. Like if I've got a normal product, you know, at what, what kind of percentage of feedback do I get that's even positive enough to say like, yeah, go ahead and send me a sample. It was just like very, very few people that even look at these emails or, or promos ever even respond at all. I would say that like, if you're going to email a hundred people, you're going to hear back from at least a fifth of them. And the main point is, is that if you don't, then email them again. And if you don't, then email them again and change your subject line. It's all about what you put in that email and what your subject line is. That's what's going to get the media to open up your email in the first place. And then don't attach a press release. Nobody cares. Nobody's going to read a press release. You attach a short email that asks a question, gets them looped in, gives a short elevator pitch about your brand, and then and has a picture. You need a picture because they immediately look at the image. That's what's going to get them to respond and write you back and ask for more. Gotcha. So let me rephrase the question now. All right. I, I know that not many people are are responding to this. Like you get you get a lot of no's, right? Oh yeah. Business in general is about second guessing ourselves, right? Yes. When you're putting out a product and everybody's saying no, but you're convinced that this product is a yes, like how do you stop listening to those external no's and keep pushing forward and have the confidence to know that like you can get this thing moving? Like where do you find that that source of encouragement? Because for me, if I'm told no four-fifths of the time, man, I'm ready to go lock myself in a closet and curl up on the floor in the fetal position, right? But you're happy with one-fifth of them saying, okay, maybe. So where do you get that courage and power? I look at the product again and I think I use it again. And then I think like, what else is good about this? Like what else, what other angles can I pitch for this product? Because this is not working. So I try something different. I just try a different angle. I try, maybe I tie something in topical, something that's going on, add it to a holiday gift guide pitch, find another subject, another way than just pitching. You need to check out this amazing cup. I don't know. You know, you've got to find other ways. Are you covering recyclable aluminum? You know, there's different ways to just keep going and finding, I mean, we, some of the brands that we work on, it's like the same one product that we're pitching every single month. So we've got to find ways to like, keep spinning it, just keep going. You can't, if you know that what you have is amazing and you truly believe in the product, then somebody else will too. And all it takes is one person. And then that's going to give you the confidence to be like, okay, Reader's Digest just covered this. I know I can get another magazine to do this, you know, because they've done it. And then you just spin it again. I, I just, I truly believe. And, and also when I work with brands and they're like, you know, we worked with another firm and we didn't get one placement. And I'm thinking, are you choking? I don't care how bad your brand is. We can get you some placements. It doesn't matter. Like there, there is a way to spin anything. I truly, truly believe that. So that's how I take rejection. I just say, you know what? I'm going to try something else. They say no to this. They're going to say yes to something else. And the more that I reach out, 
when they do have something relevant, guess who they're going to come to? Me, because they're so sick of me that they remember me. Gotcha. So aside from the testicular wash, right? Um, what are what are some examples of memorable brands that you've represented where you immediately get good results, right? And and when I say good results, good responses. And when you think about those, are they typically based on the product themselves, the story, or is it timing? Like, like if you could look back at the ones you're like, man, I got immediately great responses. Like, can you pinpoint a pattern of why that happened? I mean, I will give one example. It's not a product, but it is a nonprofit. And I mean, right there, it had such a good story. They had video to show the brand. Like, it's just that to me, we got them on the Today Show within, it had been almost a year because we tried regional and regional coverage is really what worked. But getting them on the Today Show is just, that's what launched, that completely kicked off the brand. And they made like a quarter of a million dollars too of donations. So I would say that you just know, like once in a while, there's something that you pitch. For example, we work with a CBD brand. And it's incredible. It's one of the top in the country. We've been with them for three years. They were one of the innovators in the whole category. And it was started by a combat veteran who basically like did it out of his garage. And now it's huge. They do everything in house. And I think that the media was so into the fact that it was started by a combat veteran who had that experience because he'd worked at other, like he knew how to do the extractions and because it was one of the first of its kind. And also because of the packaging and, and what the product, like I had taken it. And so I said, you know, this is a brand that I really love. Um, it, and, I, and CBD was so hot right then. And it was just emerging. It just blew up. We got so many, it was like, boom, we got so much press to start. It was such a good case study because it was something that was new and I don't know. It's just they did everything right. That's awesome. So as we kind of are thinking about wrapping up, those of you that are, that are still you know tuned in and listening to this, I want to make sure that we have some next steps for you, right? Like some, hey, here's some steps that you you need to make sure that you've got in place. We talked mm -hmm. about inventory. We talked about assets. You know, so unfortunately, if you've got a product with an Amazon listing and six you know, Amazon compliant photos up, you're, you're probably not ready. The other thing, you know, what we've talked about is what if this thing goes big and what if it goes viral? What if BuzzFeed picks it up? What if Today Show picks it up and you don't have very much inventory, right? So this is not something that you're going to do when you initially launch an Amazon, typical Amazon product. Wait till you're a little bit more mature. You've got some of those things in place. So inventory, assets, photographs, videos, a brand story, a great website, right? Because if somebody goes to a website that's some janky, weebly piece of crap website up there, they're, they're going to immediately drop it. You've got to look credible, right? Because when these brands push your stuff, they've got to make sure that it doesn't negatively influence them. Whether they're affiliate sellers, there better be inventory in. Whether they are just, um, you know, just like the Today Show, they're not going to push some weak looking company that doesn't have their ducks in a row, no. right? So, so again, this isn't something for very, very basics. It is something for a little more advanced brands, right? Stuff that has people that have stuff together. The last thing I want to talk about briefly is we've talked about brand recognition exposure. The other thing that press releases do is they really, really boost your SEO. This is what I've used it for in the past, but can you explain briefly the power of SEO that may not ever go public? Like people may not see this from a, a public facing view, but press releases have ridiculous SEO power. Yeah. I mean, and not even just press releases, 
articles that feature your brand. So for example, and we've worked with SEO companies that we've referred because it is really important to do paid SEO. But after we did that segment, or after we got that um, food and wine thing, this is an example, their SEO bumped so high from all those placements because it was from an organic placement. And even the SEO company said, we can do what we can paid, but the most valuable way to get SEO to get at the top is from having like stellar media placements in really, really, really big sites like food and wine or to be on the Today Show. Or, you know, if you search a brand and they have publicity and you search them, the big BuzzFeed stories, those are the ones that are going to come up at the top of your search. So that it, it really helps. And you can tell that it's not paid. And that's the best part about it is that you look at a brand's review just authentically. So it's important for SEO to have publicity along with the paid side of it. And my point to that is, even if you go through the process of getting your your brand or your product, your story out to media, and it doesn't blow up huge, it doesn't end up on the Today Show, remember that that investment is working behind the scenes for you because it's giving you SEO love and traction and, and, yeah. and all that stuff that you may not see and be able to quantify immediately, but it is working within the, the intraweb to help you build your uh, your brand presence and all that good stuff. The other thing that it does yeah. is the next time one of these media outlets is pitched, they see that you have some sort of brand press base, right? Like you already have a little bit of a, yeah. of a presence, which helps make you more credible for next time. So again, it's a marathon. It's not a race, but I firmly believe in the power of press. And uh, Megan, I really appreciate you coming in and sharing all this with us. So if people wanted some more information, some, um, you know, kind of how to get started, where would they go about finding uh, finding your company and, and ways in which you can help them? So my company is lightyearsahead.com, or you can just reach out to me via email at Megan, M-E-G-A-N, at lightyearsahead.com, and I'm happy to talk, give you advice or whatever. Awesome. I'm writing that down for myself. I've got a product that I'll have to hit you up for. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, as I always say, if you're watching YouTube, thumbs up. If you're watching on one of the main podcast platforms, give us a, uh, a review. Give us a like. And we will see you guys on the next episode. Thanks. Thanks, guys.